Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. So today's episode is entitled, Has the Right Wing Succeeded in Numbing America? And I want to set some context here. Uh, And while I hate mentioning Steve Bannon's name, given that he is a horrible fascist piece of shit, it's worth recalling that when he was the chief strategist behind Trump's campaign, what his core strategy was. And and before continuing, one thing I will say about the right wing in America is that they say out in the open what they want to do. There's no subtlety. Part of this is strategic because there's this kind of notion that, hey, if we do it out in the open, it can't be wrong because if it was wrong, we'd be trying to hide it. It's kind of this gaslighting. So, you know, Trump does so much of his corruption out in the open. Hey, Putin, are you listening? You know, um, you know, we'll get to it in a moment, but he's still bragging about the coup that he, of course, denied that he did, but now he's bragging about it. But again, it's part of this effort to just do it in plain sight. Um, and what Bannon said was that he wanted to flood the system with shit so that people would become so overwhelmed and numbed that they would then be able to destroy the administrative state. Now, first off, I want to be clear here. I'm not quoting verbatim Steve Bannon. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But this is the essence of what he said. And it's still what he says, right? Is let's just flood the system, flood the institutions, the media, the culture with so much insanity that people just lose trust in everything. And then we can go and dismantle everything, right? Now, when he says dismantle the administrative state, I want to be clear what that is. That the administrative state is all those pesky regulations that do things like keep your water clean, prevent child labor, prevent worker abuses, make sure the medicines are what they say they are. And the reason monsters like Bannon and Trump and basically, you know, the entire right wing in America want to destroy the administrative state is because they want America to be more like Russia and Hungary. And again, let me be clear here. This is not my opinion. This is not my trying to kind of read the tea leaves. This is what they say openly, right? Places like Russia and Hungary that are democracies in name only, that are run by oligarchs, where perverse reactionary forms of Christianity are used to promote white supremacy and oppress minorities and LGBTQ is the role model for the right wing, right? Hungary is a very white country. Russia is a very white country. They have very orthodox, reactionary forms of Christianity. This is what, you know, the American Taliban, the right wing in America, look as the role models. They wish they could be in almost all white countries where reactionary, extreme Christianity is the kind of state religion. And again, none of this is secret. Right? These people have been praising Putin for years. Trump would have blown Putin on the White House lawn 
if he thought it would have helped his cause, right? CPAC, the organization of the most unhinged and rabid conservatives, i.e. the conservative base, is literally holding their next conference in Hungary, right? So again, you can't make this stuff up, but it's out in plain sight. Far-right Christian conservatives have been praising Orban in the last couple weeks after he won re-election as the leader of the West. Now, just let this sink in for a moment. Think about this. Orban, Viktor Orban of Hungary, has said that Zelensky in Ukraine is his enemy, right? And this is the man that the right wing thinks leads the free world, right? Someone who's actually opposed to Ukrainian independence, who again is an ally of Putin. And these Christian conservatives in America praise him. Now, of course, a lot of this is just your typical pathetic right wing groping for relevance, Right. So there is an element of this. Right. The right wing in America is hated by the majority of Americans. They culturally have very little power. So they are groping, you know, to just kind of own the libs. Again, you wouldn't have to, you know, be groping to own the libs if you actually own the libs. Right. The reason that they're trying so hard to own the libs is because they don't. Right. It's because the majority of people in America don't buy the far-right Christian program. Now, I want to also be clear here that I've been to Hungary a number of times. I went there three times when I was working with the Central European University um, until Orban forced them out of the country because they dared to actually practice liberal values. Um, And, you know, I I loved Hungary. I had a really good time there. Obviously, it's taken a a path for the worst, and I, I don't know the country incredibly well. But the one thing I'll just say about it is it's a two-bit country. Its GDP is probably the size of New York City, right? And under Orban, it will never lead anything. I mean, I will say that unequivocally. Viktor Orban has been very successful in turning his own country into kind of a reactionary Christian backwater. He gets a lot of money from being part of the EU and you know being and he gets a lot of economic benefits of being part of the EU but he will never be a leader of anything except Hungary right nobody in the west except for these christian fanatics is looking to Hungary for any type of leadership so if that's your role model you are pathetic and again the right wing in america is pathetic but that doesn't mean they're not dangerous they're incredibly dangerous in fact as we know it's cornered and you know scared and weak creatures that are the most uh, that are the most dangerous, right? Again, people who are strong and confident don't need to threaten people. They don't need to burn things down. It's the cornered animal, the weakened animal that is the one that's fighting for its life that you have to be wary of. So just to recap here, because I've kind of gone off a little on a tangent. The right-wing movement in America is openly fascist and illiberal, and its aim is to make America into some form of authoritarian, hyper-conservative, white Christian nation. That is the goal of the right-wing, which is essentially the goal of the Republican Party. There are a few Republicans in the Senate, you know, your Susan Collins, your Murkowski, your your Romney, who are not with that program, but it's 95% of them. In the House, it's 95% of them, right? The presidential candidates, we'll talk about, you know, a little in this episode and later on who are going to be running in 2024, that's what they want. They want a white Christian, hyper, 
conservative America. So that's their that's their plan. They're open about it. They say it out loud, and their actions are consistent with this goal. Look at the things they talk about. Look at the the laws they pass. Look at their platforms, right? Look at the people they praise, and then you, you have everything you need. You don't have to take my word for it. But returning to the topic and Bannon's strategy to numb the public with so much insanity and corruption that people will just tune out and lose all faith in American institutions, the question we have to ask ourselves is whether it is working. And sadly, I think the answer is yes. I think as much as these people's goals are pathetic, it's a lot easier to destroy than to create, and numbing people they have been pretty effective at. So before unpacking this, I want to be clear that there was no golden age in America when people were honest and America wasn't full of lots of corrupt and contemptible behavior, right? Just look at the Vietnam War, the Afghanistan and Iraq Wars, Iran-Contra, Richard Nixon, and of course, our centuries of black oppression. But what is different this time is the sheer quantity, the shamelessness, the brazenness, and of course, Trump was the perfect vehicle to put that into action. And with Twitter, he had the perfect medium to literally flood the system with insanity all day, every day. So it was kind of the perfect right-wing kind of convergence was Trump plus social media. Now, I want to be clear, though, that Trumpism is alive and well, even if Trump is starting to fade a little. There's some people I speak with regularly who are well-intentioned, but who think, oh, see, Trump is fading. He's probably you know, not going to be the nominee. And so you know, you're know, you exaggerating. No, I am not. Because Trumpism is more than Trump, right? This right-wing march to fascism is alive and well. And Trump's heir apparent on the right, if you do not know this name, you will, is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. He is much smarter and more disciplined than Trump and clearly wants the presidency, and he wants to be America's Victor Orban, right? And so despite defeating Trump in 2020, which we did, thankfully, the right's march to fascism is going full steam ahead. And in fact, it is picking up steam. So whether Trump is in the scene or not, the right wing is marching to fascism. And so after the break, I want to talk more about how the right has succeeded in numbing America and what it means going forward. Okay, so I want to take a moment to provide a flavor of the insane conduct on the right that most Americans seem to have met with a shrug if they even know about it at all. Let's start with the most extremist, insane, unqualified Supreme Court justice, of course, Clarence Thomas. A few weeks ago, it came out that his wife, 
Ginny Thomas, who is a complete, absolute right-wing lunatic, was helping to plot the coup with Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows. All these texts came out where Ginny Thomas was helping to plot the coup. So let's just have that sink in a moment. The wife of the longest-serving Supreme Court justice is helping to overthrow a a legitimate Democratic election. It's gotten much worse because more stuff has come out that Thomas is openly colluding with, again, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, helping him gerrymander Florida. Now, just think about that, right? It is absolutely insane in a democracy that the governor of a a Republican governor would be talking regularly to a Supreme Court justice about strategy, right? Clarence Thomas is likely going to be sitting on cases having to do with gerrymandering and voting rights in Florida, and he's talking and colluding with the governor. DeSantis has just submitted a congressional map that gives the GOP 71% of the congressional districts in a state that is roughly 50-50. So it's probably the most extreme gerrymandered state in the country. And he was openly working with a Supreme Court justice on this. Now, we don't know the details of this, so I don't want to say, you know, Thomas and them had maps out and they were going over it. But he was, you know, saying, hey, can I get away with this? Can I do this? What do you think about this? You know, he was openly discussing his plan to gerrymander with a Supreme Court justice, right? Let this stuff sink in. I mean, this is banana republic level shit. This is just absolutely insane. Thomas should be immediately impeached, but it's America. So we'll just let him write insane extremist opinions until the day he dies, which I hope is sooner rather than later. So just again, to take a moment, I don't even know how many Americans even know this. But again, it was in the news for a couple days, and now it's kind of background, right? And it's just, hey, you know, nobody's calling for hearings. No one's calling for Thomas to be impeached. You know, again, there's some some people on the left who are, but no one in, in the mainstream. There's no major articles beyond, you know, those first couple days talking about how insane this is, right? Let's move on to another topic. Obviously, the epidemic of gun violence in America continues apace with no end in sight. But let it sink in that in America, there are many more guns than people. That it is perfectly legal to own an arsenal with tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition, something that only armies have in their possession in other parts of the world. And we shrug. Yeah, Second Amendment, you can have a bunch of assault weapons, 10,000 you know, rounds of ammo, drive around in your van with it. It's America, free country, right? And not only that, but our gun safety laws have been weakened over the past two decades. Let that sink in. We've had massive increase in school shootings. Of course, we had the Sandy Hook. And yet, our laws have gotten weaker, not stronger, right? Let's move on here now to Jared Kushner, another fascist thug, who was in the former administration, he recently got a payoff. And again, it's an investment in his kind of, you know, in his 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 investment fund. So it's not a direct payoff, but it's, you know, he's going to collect fees on it of $2 billion with a B for hit from Bin Salman in Saudi Arabia. 
And this was basically as a payment for helping him evade accountability for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, right? And remember, this man was brutally murdered and sawed to pieces in an embassy. He was a U.S. permanent resident and a Washington Post columnist. And the son-in-law of the former president helped shield accountability from the Saudis and then gets a $2 billion check. Again, it was in the news for a couple hours, a day. Hey, it's just the part of doing business. Let's talk about Hunter Biden, who maybe, you know, was an advisor to something he didn't really know and got $60,000 or $100,000. Ah, Jared Kushner, $2 billion. What's $2 billion amongst friends? Alex Jones, you know, the purveyor of the right-wing Infowars, has fortunately gone bankrupt. Again, he's another person whose name I hate to even mention because he's he's a piece of shit, but except shit has some value as fertilizer, whereas Alex Jones has none. And he, you know, he made his name maligning the parents of dead children who had been murdered, right? I mean, just think, again, I've mentioned this before, but just wrap your head around it, that a man who went after the parents of murdered children is a hero on the right wing. He interviewed the former president multiple times. Tucker Carlson, the other shit stain walking around, has said, has praised um, Alex Jones multiple times, right? And again, I'm glad he's bankrupt. I hope I hope worse things come to him. But that he is a hero on the right, a man who who went after parents of dead, murdered children were getting death threats themselves because of his actions. Let's let's you know switch gears here to um you know to John Eastman. The guy who was the main guy plotting the coup, right? Helping Trump, you know, write up these bogus legal memos and plotting the coup. He is still out there openly admitting that he tried to foment a coup and lamenting that it didn't work, right? And talking about it on right-wing radio. And again, my point is, where's the outrage? We have coup plotters going around. It's over a year later, right? And he's just out there in his suit and tie. He looks like, you know, he looks like a mix between kind of like a guy who lives, he was 50 years old, who lives in his mom's, you know, extra room with a kind of like a guy who maybe, you know, has had too many odd jobs and never really had a career and, you know, never had a girlfriend. I mean, this is this guy's, you know, he, he's the schlub of all schlubs, but he's a coup plotter and he's out there and basically... He rarely gets a mention. Let's move to the present here. The GOP senators who a couple weeks ago were accusing the first black woman justice to the Supreme Court basically of supporting pedophilia. They, you know, QAnon has now entered the full mainstream of the Republican Party. It is not fringe. It is part of the mainstream to the point you have GOP sitting senators bringing QAnon into a Supreme Court justice hearing, right? And again, people were pissed, but, you know, hey, now Ted Cruz is talking about, I think, you know, sex between, you know, Disney characters, you know, male Disney characters, that that, that's his new thing, because it goes from uh, Mr. Potato Hood to Dr. Seuss to Disney. That's kind of where the right wing, kind of the circles it travels in. Coming up, last couple points here. 
Senator Mike Lee, he's supposed to be the establishment. He's one of the old guard kind of establishment guy from Utah. He's not one of the Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Marjorie Taylor Greene crazies. Yeah, he is. Because it comes out that he was trying to help with the coup too. There's texts with him and Mark Meadows where he's straight up trying to help with the coup. And again, he was supposed to be one of the establishment ones. And again, gets a mention on news, but not that much. I bet you most Americans don't even have a faintest clue about this. And then the final point here is that if you haven't you know, gotten the news on this, the GOP has pulled out of the presidential debates. Right? So they're saying we won't do presidential debates because reality has a liberal bias. And as long as you're not going to let us lie incessantly, if you want to have a reality-based debate, we're not going to be part of it. Right? And again, kind of a shrug, like, oh, well, maybe it's going to be better without the debates. And, and to be honest, you know, again, if, if, if there was a decision to move, change the format, because I do think the presidential debate format is ridiculous and it's more theater, but they're, that's not what they're doing. They're pr- pulling out entirely because they just don't believe in having a reality-based discussion. This is the Republican Party. This is not Trump. This is the whole party. Now, of course, the most egregious example that we have become numb to is that Trump is still walking free and being discussed as the 2024 nominee like it's not a big deal. This is a guy who literally we have a recording of him trying to overturn Georgia's election, asking people to find the secretary of state to find votes. We have the recording. Everyone knows it. He's out there today complaining that people didn't pull the coup off. And yet he's walking free, playing golf, doing rallies. And so, again, this is banana republic level stuff. If we saw this happening in any other country, we would assume it was a failed democracy. And yet we are very close to that point ourselves. How close, I don't know. But we are very, very close to the point of no return into what our very shaky democracy will become a a basically authoritarian fascist state. So before taking another break, I want to be clear that at some level, this numbness, this kind of collective shrugging that America is doing is because if our leaders don't take this stuff seriously, why should the average citizen? There is some truth to that. And I don't see the Democratic Party and our major institutions taking this stuff seriously enough. They got a lot going on. There's still the end of the pandemic. There's inflation. There's the war in Ukraine. I get it. It's hard. Right. And some of this is out of their hand. Right. The Department of Justice is the one that has to indict Trump. Right. And the fact is, it's over a year in and they haven't done it. And so I could I can understand why the average citizen who doesn't pay attention to politics a lot is like, if 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 what he did was so bad, why isn't he in jail? Why has he been indicted? I listened to the tape of him, you know, saying he wanted the votes in Georgia and no one's arrested him in Georgia. I, I guess I guess that's not illegal. Right. This is why we need strong leadership at the top to at least hold some of these fascists to account. And my prediction here is that if 2022 ends and none of the major players in the coup, including the former president indicted, 
I fear we may have crossed the line where the law is basically meaningless and people will feel justified in just being numb and not caring, right? And in some sense, they will be right, right? Because if the people with the power to hold people to account don't take this level of criminal, corrupt activity seriously enough, why should the public care? So, the antidote after the break. Okay, so as you might guess, the antidote for today is to not be numb, to care about this dangerous state of our democracy and our country. But if one side of the ledger is numbness, which is what the right wing wants, we also don't want to go to the other extreme and be constantly outraged because that is debilitating. I know many people who care so much about the, you know, the state of the country that every new right-wing outrage sends them into a fury, and they often get very depressed. This is very bad for one's mental state and leads inevitably to burnout. We need people who are going to stay engaged over the long term. We need intellectual and political warriors who will fight for justice and democracy and liberal values their entire life. So the key here is not to let this madness from the right-wing become normalized, and become background noise, but also not to let it dominate your consciousness either. Now, this is a very hard balance to strike, but it's essential. One thing I've done is I read about one-tenth the news I used to, and I try mostly to listen to podcasts, you know, surprise, surprise, because I find that long-form conversation is easier on my brain instead of just reading sensationalist headlines that just get me angry. So whatever you do, I just want to ask you to stay in the fight, to try to find that balance where you realize how crazy things are and you don't let it become normalized, you don't become numb to it, but it doesn't overwhelm you. That's the sweet spot that all of us who really want a, a strong, prosperous, liberal, multicultural America need to find because we need you. We need you in this fight. So please stay engaged and do not fall into the trap that the Steve Bannons want to become overwhelmed and numbed. So with that, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, And with that, everybody, take care. Have a great rest of the week. (laughs) 